0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Meet Me in Sacred Space podcast. I am your host, Lori A. Andros. This podcast is a place for you to press pause on the busyness of your day-to-day life. It is a place to discover your voice of inner wisdom, reconnect with your authentic self, and to become the courageous creator of your adventurous, vibrant, and spirit-filled life. In each episode, we will get raw and real exploring what it means to live a soul-led life. We will talk about sacred practices, ceremony, ritual, and dive into, in the now, crystal wisdom and insight. Along the way, you will discover practical ways to bring the sacred into your everyday life. So grab a cup of tea, light a candle, get cozy, and let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Meet Me in Sacred Space podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Tara Preston. Tara is joining us and we are going to dive into some conversation about um, embodying our feminine leadership and uh, working with the Akashic Records. I'm so excited about this conversation. Um, (laughs) I feel like I've been so curious um, connecting with and following Tara on social media for I think it's probably close to a decade already. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is, isn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and um I'm excited to sink into this conversation and see what shows up. Uh we're going to have just a beautiful free flowing conversation and and sink in that way. But before we dive in, I want to just give you a little bit of background about Tara and about her work and how she shows up in the world. So Tara Preston is a New Paradigm Feminine Leadership, Prosperity and Business Mentor. She is the founder of the Akashic Women's School. She has a prosperous freedom-based business, where she guides visionary women through major life transformations that pave the way for their next level of sacred prosperity, leadership, and legacy work in the world. She does this by guiding them to root deeply into the power of their divine feminine magic and embrace their power to create life on their terms. Tara helps women shift from old masculinized ways of operating their businesses to ways that align with how they are naturally designed to flourish. Tara has done over 6,000, I just love that, 6,000 Akashic (laughs) sessions, developing her own method called the Flower of Life Akashic Healing. She is a ritual shamanic artist. Who through the past 20 years has discovered how, discovered how empowered women feel when they are given space to authentically self-express. Whether that authentic self-expression is through using their voice, claiming their dreams, sharing their gifts, presenting themselves in a way that feels um, in a way that they feel really expresses their unique essence, truth, and power. For creating sacred programs that capture the many gifts, talents, and wisdom of women in order to experience greater freedom in who they are and the unique contribution of their work. All right, so welcome, Tara.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to connect and dive in today.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, this is really Gosh, I'm excited to dive in too. Yeah. It's fun. Um, I was thinking about how a couple of weeks ago we had the, the microphones reversed. And so this feels just really fun to to go, you know, it to does. play on both sides. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I want to start this conversation um, mm-hmm. around the divine feminine and really opening up the space. Um, I'm curious about your path to embodying divine feminine feminine Mm -hmm. in your life and your work and um and how that began for you
1: yes well i think um for me the exploration and embodiment of the feminine began like if i look back on my path it began quite young so stepping into professional modeling at the age of 14 and then later becoming a professional makeup artist. And so, you know, the reason that that connects to, for me, my feminine path, you know, at a really young age was kind of like the exploration of like like beauty, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, but... I was as even like a young girl, you know, navigating a lot of illusion around what beauty was. And so um, there were some initiations there, there was a lot of healing that had to happen, especially later, like on, you know, as I moved into like, as I moved into my 30s. And you know, women navigating perfection and and limited beauty standards, that's kind of like, you know, it's been a common theme, especially as we, you know, look back over previous um, decades or generations, and we're starting to see it open up a lot more into like authentic beauty, which is so beautiful. Um, But for me, as a young woman, uh, as much as I kind of, you know, enjoyed, you know, part of the creative expression of modeling, I also it really set me up for like perfection. (laughs) Mm. And yeah and -hmm. like that i had to like look a certain way or act a certain way um that i had to you know like look look pretty or be well behave like there was like a lot of conditioning that kind of like went into that in some subtle ways that followed me around um like into into my into my 20s um and then i i discovered i felt that a call actually to be a professional makeup artist um And there's I think there's a lot of layers as to why I was called to be a professional makeup artist. And I was, you know, kind of there was this awakening happening around um, women's power and and beauty and holding space for that for other women to feel confident in, in their beauty and and even as I stepped into makeup artistry, it wasn't necessarily just about like the makeup for me. And I, and actually my style, I was, I was always really known as like a, a natural makeup artist. Mm. Um, and I love that part of my journey. And also there was still this like element of, of like perfection. And I also started, you know, that was a decade or maybe even 12 years of holding space in that realm for like a lot of women and um I still noticed that under the surface like there was just so many women didn't really feel beautiful (laughs) and I just it got me questioning and it was quite frustrating too and I I've always been you know drawn to it's kind of like the the dance of like the inner world and the outer world and so for me that peace was missing and I also felt so much of the time women felt so limited in their expression and and so did I I still was feeling it a lot at that I was working for like a lot of high-end beauty lines and um yeah so just that limited sense of like what it meant to be in our full free beauty and and so that's to me like one aspect of the divine feminine is is beauty but not perfect beauty (laughs) just right authentic beauty and and being in the essence and the energy of a deeper beauty and how that wants to flow through us and how that wants to be expressed without the limitation and the perfection Mm -hmm. so that is where the journey began
0: Wow, I, you know, yeah. I, I remember, I, I'm remembering this, as you're speaking, I'm remembering um, mm-hmm. back then, uh, that uh, I remember when you were began bridging um, sacred, sacred wisdom in with. Uh, with yes, your, yes, that was. Um, yeah, that was really
1: beautiful. I love how it's it,
0: evolved since then. It just feels so natural and organic.
1: Yeah. And it was like, you know, I started to really, it was shortly after. So it was, you know, I did uh, makeup artistry and then um, we had this desire like to, I really wanted to unearth what it meant to live your purpose too. And I felt like that was kind of like a piece that, that was missing for a lot of women, a disconnect from like a deeper sense of fulfillment and a deeper sense of, of beauty and an intrinsic knowing that we were like more than enough. And And I just didn't see that. So Anyways, I felt that call. I'm like, what is my purpose? This, there has to be more. This is actually like, I'm feeling frustrated. I, I don't feel like this is truth for me, fully truth. And we made that move to the country. And I really wanted to understand what it meant to live from a space of purpose and, and how I could support women in doing that. And that's where I found the Akashic Records. And that kind of started to like weave in a whole other piece. And yeah, you know, it was probably you know two or three years after that I started to um, kind of refer to my my work and myself as a beauty shaman. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah.
0: Because yeah, it was mm-hmm. the soul, I, that's what I'm remembering. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was the soul level kind of sh- more shamanic aspect that I started to weave into um, beauty right, an expression for women. So that was a really fun piece of my, of my journey, for sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, I think one of the things that actually, um, in hearing your story, I'm being reminded of that elegant and artful evolution that you have gone through in your work. And um, I'm curious, actually, if you have some I feel like this is a big conversation, <laughs>
1: but mm-hmm. I'm,
0: I'm curious if yeah. you have some thoughts or um, suggestions or, you know, some, yeah, if you could kind of speak to that energy of um, mm-hmm. artfully allowing expression to evolve, because that's what I've seen you do. So
1: beautifully. Mm-hmm. thank you. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, that is kind of, another aspect, you know, just kind of bringing it back to the divine feminine. And, and when I think of the divine feminine too, I think of like, um, cycles of transformation. And I mm-hmm. think of a woman's path to awakening. And I think of our evolutionary journey and, you know, the feminine life cycles and, and how this gets to be a journey that constantly if we're willing to you know there's always you know rest phases, of uh, rest phases and grounding and and all of that and then also if we're willing to just like the openness to get curious about where we are what we're being called into like what what do we desire and what are we feeling that pull to experience or expand into as an extension of our feminine essence and our soulful evolution Mm -hmm. and so for me it's always been you know kind of like that once i you know move through a cycle of transformation and i get to experience that that kind of like grounded expression of my evolution which is so beautiful because i think you know that's where we we don't become stagnant and that's where we are always in this path of of healing too there was a point where i was working with um, a lot of um, women moving into the crone phase of their journey, which is so interesting. I'm in my mid thirties and I really, well, I had a period where I just was so many women in their fifties and their sixties, and even in their seventies It was (laughs) Mm -hmm. so cool. And, you know, one of the things that often they would say, and we're doing such deep work together is that, um, they just never felt like they had the time or the space to like engage their own journey. Mm -hmm. And, or to move through sometimes life initiations like motherhood or marriage or divorce or career changes, like when we feel that call or when, you know, life kind of, you know, when life can be quite challenging, I think oftentimes in our society too, we, we miss the opportunity to do the deep healing and to engage the cycle of, of transition, the energy that's present so that we can do the healing work, but use it to step more fully into the woman that we were born to be. And so, you know, these women were showing up later in life. And so thankfully, you know, they have the, they had the courage to, to look at some of the deep healing that sometimes got missed along their path. Yeah. So I think that if we're right, that if we we're um, present with where we're at and what is being asked of us and willing to kind of do the, the the healing work and when i say the healing work to me when i'm feeling that call into more of my evolution there's always that kind of like like layer of like what needs to be released now mm-hmm. like what what healing or what am i shedding or what am i letting go of or or what is present that that i need to kind of you know move through and process in order to create more space for the next evolution of expression that wants to come through um yeah. So that's kind of that was a little bit all over, but I think the, <laughs> no the thread yeah, is was, there. <laughs> that was perfect. That was absolutely
0: beautiful. You know, I think you actually touched in and, and this episode's actually airing on Mother's Day in the US. Oh so, yeah. Um so I'm glad you brought Motherhood in because I yeah. know that many of our listeners Our mothers and this Mm. isn't something i can relate to from you know the Mm -hmm. the traditional
1: traditional yeah yeah
0: but um i am but i know that this is a big part of your your life Mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. that i feel like you've so beautifully navigated this dance of um journeying into self-discovery and living Mm -hmm. in ways that your your soul is you know wanting to be lived and Mm -hmm. while also being a mother and so I I would
1: love if you have some
0: thoughts Mm -hmm. around that Mm -hmm.
1: that was like such that was another one you know I talked about feminine life like the the feminine life cycles right and and working yeah. with the akashic records which we can get into absolutely um i would find women would show up for the akashic record work when it was like really pivotal points on their path mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was a there was a reason for that so for me motherhood was definitely initiation and and i could recognize it as such and i again just it was um a challenge i had to like i was you know i had audrey when i was 31 So I had already, I'd had a career. I was a flight attendant for a little while, like a really free lifestyle that wasn't so free after she came along. (laughs) So anyways, I, again, harnessed the power of um, transition. And for me at that time too, I was really assessing like what motherhood meant for me. And I really wanted to be the mother who could, be an example of what it means to live from a place of purpose like i you know for me i just i didn't want to have to tell her i wanted to just be the embodied example of that and as a young woman like for me around the age of 18 17 18 19 i did have a like i think there was a calling to like pursue like the healer's path like there i had some niggles about like certain things that I was being called to explore but I didn't really have like the guidance or the role model right right so for me that was really important and um, yeah and so that was that was the path that I chose to kind of like follow and and carve and it's been you know so deep and so rewarding and I, I find you know working around the feminine too I've been really asked to you know, heal some layers of what I would call like the mother wound. Mm-hmm. Um and lineage work and and really being able to hold space for, you know, my path and and my own healing journey and uh what it is I am being an an embodied example of. Mm-hmm. Beautiful.
0: Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I
1: love that. Thank
0: you.
1: Mm-hmm. So- I think I answered the question fully. Yeah. I feel like there was another <laughs> piece, but <laughs> Yeah,
0: you know, I think um Oh, I think, I think you did answer it. I think, um, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of, um, I think a lot of times people feel like they need to choose between, um, one or the other. And I feel like you, you have found a way to live that. And I think that's really
1: beautiful. I totally. And I think too, for me, it was like, um, even having a business, it was important for me, like as a mom and as a, you know, sacred business owner that I did have a business that was like sustainable, that would, you know, feel prosperous, but that would also be spacious. Like that was really important. Like I I want to be, I want to create my life so that I do feel passionate on and on purpose, but I also want it to feel spacious, like being, like being able to be present while I had something that felt very like purposeful to me, um, was a, was a priority. And it's like, it's something that I often help other, other moms, every other moms who are called to their sacred work, um, really kind of like line up those pieces in the scope of their own expression and the scope of their own business, because, um, I do feel that, you know, the voice and the vision of mothers is definitely like, it needs to be put um, at the forefront of our family unit and in our communities. So yeah, yeah.
0: that's beautiful. That's beautiful. You know, I think one of the things that I kind of scribbled down in my notes before we connected was, Mm -hmm. what does it look? What does your divine feminine business look like? I think, you know, one mm-hmm. of the thing, one of the phrases you um, have in your mm-hmm. in your bio was about shifting from old masculinized ways of operating business into one that's aligned with the natural flow. And so, I'm mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of people might be curious about how does what does that really look
1: like? What how, how like what yeah? <laughs> what does that look like? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, it looks like a lot of things, I guess. But like for me it meant, um, you know, really getting clear about what my creative vision is. You know, who am I being called to be? What is the vision that, you know, the goddess is inspiring, like me, what is the call? And I kind of start there. And it also was like, how do I, how do I need and want to show up in my business and my life, which meant I had to to design something that would drop me into my power and something that would something that wouldn't have me going and pushing and doing and kind of like leading from exhaustion, which can be more of like the hyper masculine way. And then also, you know, like believing in my creations. And this is um a piece that I often when I'm working with women too, it's like sometimes like they have an idea or they have like a like a tool or a process and they lean into it a little bit more because they feel like it's going to sell, but they don't necessarily trust like the creation or like the beautiful program that wants to like flow through as an extension of like um purpose or um like they're like the work that just wants to birth through them because traditionally we haven't always married money is you probably know like through the arts but we haven't always married money to like our feminine gifts mm-hmm. or our feminine vision and so that's a big part of the work that I do that I had to do myself to really understand how to make money through my feminine gifts was to really look at how to how to partner with with money As I feel the call to bring through what it is that I want to bring through as a divine feminine woman, um, who has a vision, who feels an immense amount of purpose and, and how to connect money to that. And, um, yeah, I, I could keep going on, but I'll just check in with you. And see that.
0: <laughs> I'm just loving this. I'm, I'm absolutely loving this because I think this is, um, this is another a big area mm-hmm. for our listeners, you know, bringing their work into the world, bringing their sacred work into the world. Mm. And you use the word legacy. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I was reading through your bio and just kind of letting it land in um, mm-hmm. before we got on this call that piece of legacy it just feels um like it's so important and i think you just touched in on it about how Mm -hmm. the work that many of us are here creating and bringing into form there's it has its own life and it has Mm -hmm. uh, its own energy that it, it wants to create and being able to trust that i just
1: um, mm-hmm. I actually would love to hear you speak to that just a little bit more. If, that, if that yeah, feels for sure. Yeah. I feel like this is like such a big gift for you as well to be able to like follow that energy. I've seen you do it so many times. I'm sure you're one of the people that's inspired me into this path. <laughs> you know, from that perspective. So, um, yes, I think that you know, there's. I think the. I guess the piece that I'm where I'm wanting to drop into it is I. You know, on the awakening you know, woman's journey or the awaken awakening beings journey. Other I always find there's like this point on the sacred path where it's like we're gathering like tools mm-hmm. and we're taking classes and we're studying this and we've got like this teacher and those that's a really beautiful um point on the path for sure. But then I find underneath, there's something deeper like that often like just wants to come through the channel of the unique expression of like who, who we are. And, you know, and it starts to kind of like, like bubble and swirl and, there's just this like consciousness, like something so unique to us that wants to come through us as the extension of like the journey that we've done and the wisdom that we've accumulated and the embodied wisdom, like the deeper soul wisdom of who we are. And just kind of like all these elements that of like who we are, like just from like our mastery and the path that we've um, traveled. But, you know, in a deeper, uh, taking that a layer deeper, because this is coming through too, I just, I truly feel that as like, as divine beings it's like we're just we have access to this like limitless like like inner riches and resources that can flow through us if we tap into it and listen to it and trust it enough to bring it through so when I feel like you know I like a conscious creation like brewing like there's something that wants to come through me as a part of like my my legacy work it's some kind of I kind of look at it as like the root system of like my business foundation that's going to like hold me (laughs) as I (laughs) flourish in my feminine. That's kind of how I look at it. But, you know, to bring that through, I just kind of for me and um, just love to kind of like dream into that energy and and look at like start to feel into you know, what does want to come through me. And also, you know, in terms of like bringing through our creations and, and in terms of the divine feminine and this creative energy, it requires spaciousness and receptivity and it requires, you know, just allowing ourselves to receive it and dream into it. And, you know, and then from there, that's kind of like, you know, where the, I find like the more of the masculine energy can come through and start to meet the creation energy in terms of how, it wants to be grounded and how this beautiful, maybe sacred body of work wants to be held as it, as it's birthed into the physical. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I love the way you just laid that out because I think um, sometimes we get those, one of the things I see as a challenge um, Mm -hmm. is that uh, there's, uh, the lear- the learning phase sometimes isn't honored yeah. as the learning phase like it's yeah. um, grabbed and immediately tried to share but it hasn't had time to integrate and mm-hmm. i think this is one of i'm i'm really glad that you identified that because the learning phase to me i, I when i look at it i always feel like that learning phase is a place where we open up the space to attune to what is that deeper piece that is going to want to come through. And mm-hmm. um, and I think it's such a powerful phrase, but we have to give it its time to like really, yes. really embody. And there is so yes. much delight and fun in that, fa- that phase to me. I always think it's a really fun phase to like indulge in an
1: aspect. Yeah. <laughs> it totally um, is. And yeah. then you'd often hear, well, for me anyways, I often, because women will, well, that's just primarily who I work with. But women will yeah. often like, I just know there's more. Like, I just know there's more. <laughs> yeah. Like, and there yeah. is, because it needs to come from within you. <laughs> yes exactly
0: yes, yes. Totally.
1: <laughs> exactly the way is within absolutely yeah, yeah. it is i always really beautiful. find mm-hmm. it so fun that the
0: the teaching place and then also the holding space for what wants to come after that because what wants to come after that is always different it's not more information it's about something from within so
1: mm-hmm. so exciting i'm glad I love you, that
0: i'm glad you brought voice to that thank you
1: mm, you're welcome
0: Yeah, so the next place I really want to go, Tara, is into the Akashic Records. I'm just like so hungry to hear you speak about them. Um, Yes.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I'm just going to open it up from there. Yeah, I can start in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the Akashic Records are, um, I think, pretty remarkable. They, they're very exciting, I think. I mean, we're hearing about the Akashic Records more and more now, and I think that's really um, beautiful. And I also feel like it's a, like a new frontier. I think there's there's a lot more that will open up from that area of study. Yeah. Yes, you know, I found the Akashic records eleven years ago, and like I said, I've done you know so many Akashic record sessions, and they really spoke to me because of how ancient they were. You know, I I feel like the Akashic records are one of, or if not, like the deepest healing tool. This is the deepest layer of healing on the planet because the when you work with the Akashic records, you're you're working with with the soul you're working at the level of soul and so and and so i'm like where there's so many pieces i want to weave in right now you're working at the (laughs) level of soul um but i'll give like a little bit of a definition just a little bit for those that maybe are like oh what's the akashic records yeah yeah. And the Akashic records are basically like an invisible fields of information that sit fifth dimensionally. I'm just going to just start there and, and kind of just break it down. So an invisible field that sits fifth dimensionally. So the body's like the 3d, right. And then our emotions and our thoughts are like fourth dimension can't see them, but we know that they're there. And then the Akashic records sit fifth dimensionally and the Akashic records existed kind of like well before um, like, like the history of earth, like they're ancient and it's this invisible field of information that records and it's recorded, the Akashic records. And I work with the Akasha to the Akashic field and they're slightly different, but the Akashic records record and they record every um, memory, every choice point, every thought, every experience, every event that's ever unfolded, like throughout history. It's a vast, vast field of information so a lot of people will see the akashic records and sometimes i do as like a really vast like library like full of like books and recorded information and the akashic records like i said sit fifth dimensionally they're held at the level of soul but they also sit at the level of the cells and mm-hmm. the subconscious so the akashic records are actually held to the level of the body too interesting. but interesting It is. It's so fascinating. So when I am working, so every soul has its own Akashic record. So we all have our Akashic records, but so does like every piece of land. Like when you were on my podcast, you were talking about your trip to Peru and the Akashic records and the mountains. So it's like, you know, every piece of land has its own Akashic record, every, you know, animal, essentially, every pet. Um, And, and so do we, so we all have this, like, you know, some like cultures would refer to it as like the, like the book of life. Like we each have our book. So, Uh, you know and this is based on the you know idea that the soul is so much older than this physical life experience and so a lot of people will resonate with that and I have people I've had clients who don't necessarily resonate with past lifetimes and yet they still walk away from their session kind of like oh my gosh (laughs) that was (laughs) like brought up so much and it was so accurate and like wow so a lot of times in our present lifetime experience when when we can kind of like feel stuck or we're pushing up against like patterns that we just know don't support our soulful evolution and this is like you know where it comes back to kind of like like transformation and and feeling that call and saying yes to soul when we say yes to soul and we're ready to grow and we're ready to ground more of our soul in the physical experience and be soul-led oftentimes there's like karmic gunk Right. Mm -hmm. From like, you know, different past life experiences that um, that we've had from different choices that we've made. This is experience. uh, This is not experience. This is important to the choices because the choice really, you know, whether it's a negative choice or a positive choice that really determines like where and why the block was created. I'll touch on in on that in a little bit. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when we're in this present experience, and we're kind of hitting up against those karmic layers that don't serve our evolution, and they can affect us in, you know, any area of life, it can be around relationships, it can be around money, it can be around legacy, it can be around, um, you know, a lot of times I'm working like around like feminine trauma or the witch wound, you know, pieces like that. Yeah, Um, And that, you know, now with so many sessions, it's, like, been fascinating to see even just, like, the role of, like, mother and, like, a lot of, like, the the societal programming that's carried forward. Actually, it's, like, you know, it's to unearth it in past lifetimes is, like, so cool. Mm. Yeah, so... Yeah, go ahead. Do you have a question? No, go ahead. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just just kind of letting it it sink sink in. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah." (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, and I just want to bring it back to this, like, the choice point piece, because we do, you know, we live in this universe of free will and free choice, and so... When we have, let's say, a past life experience, it can be a choice. It can be, you know, unconscious or conscious choice. And because some a lot of times choices are made out of like fear and sometimes even like fear of death. But, you know, a negative choice is really just that choice point that takes us out of alignment with our true divine nature and power. Mm. So it's almost like where we sometimes give away like our sovereignty or, you know, really um, make a choice out of like disempowerment rather than making like a positive choice, um, which, you know, aligns us to our divine nature, and our divine power and our divine expression. So right. when we've ha- made those negative choices, and we don't need to judge it, because sometimes we make, you know, negative choices, because the soul actually really just desires the experience of the negative um, consequence. <laughs> that can happen too. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah and so there could be you know just a common example would be like you know you know being burnt at the stake for speaking your truth and um you know like where there may have been a choice point to take a vow to like never you know speak your your truth again Mm -hmm. done so out of fear you know maybe partly unconscious but that gets carried forward into our present lifetime experience and if we're being called to be like a spiritual teacher or or you know, just to like in terms even marketing or sharing a message, sometimes, you know that those kinds of like karmic um, um patterns and pain bodies can be really prominent and can and can really affect us. But the beautiful thing is when we're working with the akashic records, we get right to the very root, the soul level root of a deep um karmic pattern that's playing out present lifetime that oftentimes you know women who have done a lot of work on their path they're like i have been working at this and seen so many healers and done and done i can't get to the root of this yeah and then yeah and then with the akashic records we go in and we just get to like the very very soul level root of it and they can kind of they move forward from it once and for all so Mm -hmm. yeah that's kind of like um the surface of it really yeah
0: yeah that's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful um thank you i'm I'm just thinking i'm like listening and feeling into this and i'm like "Hmm, i think it might be time for another akashic records session. yeah
1: that would be really nice absolutely yeah Yeah. absolutely is it yeah
0: <clears throat> I'll hand me. it Go over ahead. to
1: you if you want yeah I was just gonna say if there's anything else that you wanted me to speak on I'm not sure how we're doing for time I think that went by so fast I, I know I know it did
0: it really did
1: it um definitely <laughs> it flowed really quickly you know I think
0: you've covered so much today it's been absolutely yeah. beautiful and I thank um, you for having piece, me I'm so mm-hmm. glad you're here thank you um that piece of the akashic records and um the ways that that actually ties in with what we were talking about with legacy work and you know mm-hmm. the, the arc of the woman's journey and mm-hmm. um, of from you know awakening and embodiment and in psych- all the different cycles um i i feel like it's so beautiful full circle and mm-hmm. as we come to a close i am curious um, mm-hmm. because it is Mother's Day. Um, mm-hmm. And there is that that energy of the divine feminine and the ways that um, the, the archetype and the energy of the mother lives within all of us. Um, mm-hmm. so is there's anything you would like to leave us with
1: around, around that? Yes. Well, I would probably say, you know, a good question to kind of come back to is where do you need mothering? Like I think it's like so important for mothers to remember that sometimes we need mothering. You know, we also have kind of, you know, more tender, vulnerable, you know, aspects to our internal world and you know, part of, you know, healing the mother wound, which I didn't get very much into, but is just taking those sacred pauses, right? To listen yeah. and to connect and just like, where am I needing like unconditional love? Like, where am I needing nurturing and where can I bring beauty to myself right now? So, Yeah. Beautiful,
0: beautiful. That's absolutely wonderful.
1: Thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: And so Tara, tell people where they can learn more about you and about your, um, your free gift.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you can learn more about me at terrapreston.com and the Akashic Records. If any of that's speaking to you, you can learn more about that at the Akashic Women's School.com. And then there's um, the free gift for anyone who may want. Um, a, a br- like a bit of an introduction but in a very beautiful and deep way there's a 21 day akashic heart center journaling practice and you can access that at the akashicwomenschoolcom slash akashic journal
0: mm. beautiful
1: beautiful. Mm-hmm. This is well, thank wonderful. you so much. And thanks to your listeners for having me. <sighs>
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. So much fun. Oh, thank you, Tara. All right. Um, sacred Friends, have a wonderful day and uh, check out what Tara, t- check out Tara's website. She's just amazing and inspiring. And um, I feel so deeply honored that she joined us for this episode. Have a beautiful day. Shine brightly.